bring you in, sir. Good morning and welcome to the week with JP, Kathy, and the crew. We are so excited that you are spending today with us, whatever time of day you tune in. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. I think that's from the Truman Show. Jim Carrey and the Truman Show. I think that's where that's from. <laughs> Anyways, we are starting our show off with the one and only Dr. Norm Clothier. He is our medical correspondent, has been with us for years on the radio, podcast. Have you been on TV, Dr. Clothier? <laughs> well, yeah, but not. And not on your broadcast on TV. There you go. So I did a side. I side love deal. it. No, I, love I, it. <laughs> I mean, it's been years. It's been, it's been several years. So, but you don't just play a doctor on TV. You're a doctor in real life. So let's let's go ahead and talk about am, kids yeah. and COVID shots. And you're hearing so many parents out there out there. And you know, if, if you hop on social media for five minutes, parents are desperate for good information on what to do about their kids, especially those under the age of twelve. <laughs> so please help us out with what's the best kind of advice. And I think I've got JP too. Oh, sorry about that. I had a guy had a guy over here to my left who has it looks like he hasn't eaten in a year and so I gave him a burrito. Oh, very nice of you. Well, we've got Dr. Clothier on and JP he's talking about kids, which is our favorite subject, um, and how to keep them healthy with COVID. So Dr. Clothier, what are your thoughts? Well, I think, you know, first of all, I think the vaccine is a huge key to limiting the effects of the virus on society. I think if we can get down to more of an endemic level than a pandemic level, it would be remarkably good for everything, for school, for business, for meetings, for families, for gatherings, for reducing the death rate, yeah, for reducing the long-term complications of COVID. All those things would go down if we have fewer severe infections and fewer infections in general. So I think the vaccine is the real key of that. We've tried social distancing, we've tried masking, we've tried washing hands, and we've tried wishful thinking. And those things just don't work all that well uh, alone. Now, working with the vaccine and doing social distancing and washing of hands and all the reasonable things certainly has reduced the rate of infection and the rate of death. And it's interesting, in the U.S., there are now 700,000 deaths from COVID. It's actually about 700. 35,000 now, and only 1%, 7,000 have been in people who are vaccinated. And, you know, if you keep in mind, a lot of those deaths happened before the vaccine even existed, uh, you know, that puts the rate very low. So I think it's, um, I think it's very favorable to get a vaccine, of course. And, you know, I'll just remind people, people, uh, kids are vaccinated to go to school. People are vaccinated to travel to go to other countries and such there is a uh, law in texas and virtually every state that you have to have a menactra vaccine to even register for a college class even if it's an online class because those things have been shown to be uh so significant reducing disease so i think um the next logical step is to prove the vaccine in younger people and to start vaccinating the Younger people who may not have as high a death rate, that's true. I keep hearing from people, oh, kids don't, you know, there aren't a lot of kids who have died from the COVID virus. And I often think two things about that. One is sit back and think what you just said, is there aren't a lot of kids who are dead from the vaccine. I mean, excuse me, from the virus. That was a faux pas there. Uh, a lot of kids uh, dead from the virus. That is, the, if any kids are dead from the virus, I would suggest we find something to do about that to reduce the rate of death. And then the second thing is, of course, that uh, whether they are severely infected or not, if they're infected, maybe in the hospital, maybe out of schools, or carrying it home to their families who may be far more susceptible, or giving it to their teachers and staff who may be far more susceptible, that's still a serious issue. 
Well, anything that, that anything for. that anything that has to do, Doctor Clothier, with kids is, I mean, that's that should grab. If we don't care about our adults, we've got to care about the kids. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think it's odd to me how many people seem to be rather nonchalant about saying, "Oh, you know, there have only been." 7,800 hospitalizations with COVID and only 260 deaths uh, this year, this calendar year, 2021. That's still a lot. That, you know, I might remind you, in the realm of tragedy and in the realm of violence, that is more than have died in school bus wrecks. That's more than have died in school shootings. That's, you know, that's just a really high number, honestly. And I think if we're going to put it in perspective, we have to realize the virus is me. And, you know, I still keep hearing people say things like, oh, you know, only 1% or less than 1% of people die. I'm not worried about this virus at all. Well, now that we're looking at worldwide numbers that add up to somewhere around uh, 6.9 million worldwide deaths, and that's a low estimate because India has reported about 400,000 deaths, and the thought is there actually are about 5 million in India alone. Uh, but if you took that low number somewhere around, let's say 6 million, not even 6 point anything, uh, then that would be kind of like saying, well, you know, there's a, a bomb that'll go off around the, somewhere in the world, then if it's in Dallas, it'll only kill about 6 million people. So we really shouldn't worry about that because that's, you know, less than one percent of the world population and or you know point one percent you know when you start talking percentages and numbers like that it's still it's a huge number because there are so many infections and i i think people have to get a perspective of don't look at you know the low percentage look at the reality of numbers and that's that gets into the whole issue of you know statistics can mean what you want them to you could claim a very low rate of death, say, from age 20 to 40. But if you have uh, the perspective of worldwide deaths of people who should have lived 50 or 60 more years without the virus, I think it's a very significant number. But going back to the vaccine, it is probably going to be approved in November for ages 5 to 11. This will be the Pfizer vaccine will be first. And uh, it would be a third of the dose for bigger people age 12 and up, which I think is probably quite reasonable. And if you can get some degree of immune uh, response ready to go, which is what vaccines are for, so that if your body is faced with the virus, you will fight it off more successfully by a huge increment, a huge uh, gain there. And I think that will be very safe. I think it'll be very favorable for society to reduce infections. And I want to keep emphasizing that the idea of a vaccine is that your body is ready if you are confronted with the virus. If you inhale some viral particles, your body is then ready to fight it immediately rather than having to wait a few days to try to mount an immune response while you get. So it is not a force field. It doesn't keep you from ever getting the virus. It doesn't keep you from ever carrying the virus if you have a few hours of the virus on your nose or mouth and you're coughing on people, for instance. But it uh, reduce, it greatly reduces the um, likelihood of severe infection, and it does reduce some of the contagion because the body can mount an immune response quickly. So those things are, I guess I said the right thing, got a good bark out of that. But the, uh, anyway, it's, um, it's just very favorable, I think, to be able to have this. And I've had a lot of parents asking me for the virus, for the vaccine for their kids because they are concerned appropriately about the virus. Right. Well, JP, any thoughts from you? Um, hot coffee in my lap. That's the growl he got. <laughs> so it was Did not you, a reaction. <laughs> oh, you barked when you spilled coffee? I'm impressed. Yeah. You but I do welcome. hate to hear you know, let's talk about coffee for a minute because we're bored with COVID, right? And so, coffee. There was yet another. There was yet another study that showed that coffee has health benefits, and you know, there's a reduction in the progression and the likelihood of Parkinson's in coffee drinkers, a lower rate of type two diabetes in oh, people wow. who drink coffee. There's less gallbladder disease in people who 
drink coffee. And there is an increased mental state such that students who drink coffee actually have been shown to perform better on tests. That was tested in a college group. I'm not oh, saying wow. put your kindergartner on it yet. Right. <laughs> but in college students, it does show a, a benefit. So, um, you know, I, of course, obviously, I drink coffee. And so I watch these things because I don't want to be harmed by it. And as with many things that are out there, whether it's, you know, coffee or broccoli or red meat or wheat or whatever, you need to watch to see what evidence is in terms of, you know, benefit and risk, the so-called risk-benefit ratio. And coffee keeps winning. Coffee is a, a favorable substance in medical research and uh you know it also helps stop headaches like migraine headaches yes. that's why it's packaged into products for that and you know there and so to put it in perspective what i find is almost every year around new year's you know there are all these stories about things you gotta give up for your new year's resolution and it, half or more of the time it seems like coffee and caffeine are way up there on the list you know they're sort of like you guys you know exercise, lose weight, quick coffee, quick caffeine, whatever. And there really is not evidence for that. Most all of these studies have shown that if you drink up to five cups a day, there's a very safe margin there. Most people I know do not drink five cups a day because right. that's quite a lot. Yeah, you, unless, you're professional, unless you're a professional coffee drinker. Yeah. One cup, I'm one and done. But, you know, I, I, I'm, in, I'm, I'm interested in the thing about type 2 diabetes that I've never heard that. And I've heard the migraine thing, and I've heard a few of those things, but I had not heard about type 2 diabetes. Is that does, – does the coffee somehow help with sugar regulation? There, there seems to be a metabolic effect to huh. – uh, those who drink coffee having a benefit. And there is debate as to the why. You know, there are a lot of enzyme pathways in the body, and it may help regulate insulin release so that you don't get surges and then cravings for, you know, food. Huh. That's, you know, the uh, the debate about diet drinks like and um, uh, substitute uh, sweet products. I can't think of the word all of a sudden. Sugar substitute. Right. I can't think of that word, sugar. <laughs> It's pretty difficult. But the, um, anyway, uh, uh, when you start looking at sugar substitutes and calorie-free uh, products that are used for sugar-free foods so that they taste sweet, you know, the issue there is that it's a large molecule. So when it hits the mouth, you taste it, and it tastes sweet the way it's designed. And then as you absorb it or swallow it, it doesn't absorb into the body. It just passes through the GI tract. In fact, there are a lot of people who have so-called sugar alcohols, uh, xanthines and such that are uh, not very tolerable to them. You know, they have sugar-free food. They have gassiness and stomach rumbling. And the reason is it's not absorbed into the body. So it goes up here at the mouth. It tastes sweet. And then you uh, pass it through the system without absorbing it. And therefore, it is calorie-free. So the debate on that is that if you stimulate insulin release by having the sweet taste at your mouth so that your body would be ready for sugar in terms of absorption and processing, then it doesn't hit that you actually end up feeling hungrier because your body has high insulin levels and wants something to digest. And so that's why, you know, a lot of people have gotten away from like diet sodas and uh, various uh, sugar-free foods thinking that if you eat them, you know, you won't gain calories, you'll be fine. It may actually be stimulating more hunger and cause you to want to eat more and defeat its own purpose. So the theory on caffeine then and coffee is that it doesn't seem to overstimulate insulin so that perhaps you have more of a feeling of just, you know, not being overly hungry or being more satisfied with the caffeine in your system. Now, we have to put that in the perspective of don't get a, a theoretical coffee drink that is actually 1,400 calories of sugar with a touch <laughs> of coffee in there. And, um, you know, you don't need your meal's worth of <laughs> calories yeah. to be in one drink and uh, or a day's are worth even. The, uh, are you talking about the pumpkin spice latte, Mr. Dr. <laughs> 
the one you just spilled. Yeah, the um, it's yeah. I tell you, you know, it's interesting. If you if you start to look at calorie content of food and drink, and you start to compare what you would want to eat versus what you are consuming, because it's seasonal or popular or you know on sale or whatever. It's shocking how many calories are in some of the various lattes and frappuccinos and such. It, you know, really watch that sugar side of things and that calorie side. So if you drink black coffee, there are no calories and there are benefits. And just to throw the next cog into the system, there in or uh, complication into the system, it's that decaffeinated coffee actually does not show the, those same health benefits. Huh. And I know that seems odd to people, but the the challenge is that decaffeinated coffee is almost sort of like a sugar-free drink. It, it has been processed to filter away the caffeine, and in that processing, it actually breaks down some of the favorable antioxidant uh, natural substances in the coffee bean, and so it actually is not as uh, favorable as just coffee. So if you are sensitive to caffeine, obviously you wouldn't want to overdo coffee and you wouldn't want to drink it too late in the day and all those things. But if you drink morning coffee, if you have a cup of morning coffee, you should not feel guilty. Fantastic. Dr. Clothier, I've got a question since we're off topic. What about yes. this new thing where people are where people are going out and getting intravenous vitamins now? Does well, that have any I, health benefits? Probably not. Um, you know, that's a, that is interesting. I think there are always trends that come around. And people love the idea of talking about a vitamin or a mineral or a supplement. And certainly there are some that are feasible. You know, I wouldn't say they're miraculous. But the best way to get vitamins, minerals, and nutrition is healthy eating. Uh, natural food products that have things in them that are naturally occurring vitamins and minerals and nutrition. And the idea, you know, for instance, there has been a lot of movement, I would say, toward taking like vitamin D, zinc, and uh, vitamin C as, you know, a theoretical warding off of COVID, the virus, and, you know, the, in terms of the infection. Unfortunately, the hospitals are full of people who have been taking those vitamins and, you know, as well as society with the infection rate that's about the same as the infection rate in people who don't take the vitamins. So it has not shown to be a particular benefit. You know, if you are a healthy person, you wash your hands, you're careful, you keep social distancing and you take vitamins, I think that's fine. But I don't think you should expect taking a vitamins and minerals to be a protective shield so that you can just uh, wantonly go out into an infected room and expect to not have a COVID infection occur. So similarly with some of the various IV vitamins, infusions, chelation therapy, on paper they sound good. They, they look good. You can talk about how much you're going to bind to this receptor and and uh, flood this other one. They'll keep you from getting ill from something, prevent a cancer, prevent bone loss, all kinds of things. And then if you look at the outcomes, they're really not any different than people who never had the infusion. So occasionally people need an injection of a vitamin that's low in their body, like B12, for instance, in people with pernicious anemia. But that's because they have developed a disease state where they no longer absorb B12 through the GI tract. And so those select small number of people need to have an injection to overcome that because they can't absorb it through the GI tract. The vast majority of humans don't have that condition. It may be, you know, you probably don't want to have that condition. You know, I, I think it's interesting how many people love various vitamins and sort of almost want to be deficient uh, so that they can justify taking it. And I find that a little unusual, but that's, you know, kind of human nature. You want an answer to something if you're chronically tired or whatever the issue is. But the best nutrition really is 
uh, to eat nutritiously in a balanced diet. Now, having said that, I think that most people do not do that. And in, especially most children really don't have much of a balanced diet. You know, their balance is usually between uh, chicken fingers and french fries and pizza and maybe a Pop-Tart here and there. So, uh, you know, the kids eat more kind of out of habit. Uh, it's also out of ease. You know, that's uh, you're not necessarily going to get up and make your child a really fancy breakfast with different nutritional groups in it and such. And uh, they may very well, and I think most children do benefit from a multivitamin, but they don't need to get into IV treatment and mega doses. And, you know, it's always important to watch what the actual dose of something is, like a supplement or a vitamin just like you should watch what the actual serving size is on a food portion. It sometimes is very shocking to people that, you know, they, the portion is actually quite small. More is not better. Some is usually fine. Well, thank you for that, Dr. Blizzard. I know it's become a hot thing Certainly. out there. Uh, yeah, and it, you know, that. it comes and goes every few years. If you remember a few years ago, there was a huge trend toward like IV hydrogen peroxide and, other like chelation agents and there yes. were infomercials yes. and in fact that may be where i need to stop that comment is if you see an infomercial <laughs> one that says you know all doctors wish they had this information and they don't and we figured it out and we'll sell it to you that there's usually a little bit of a problem with that product medical research is readily shared people want to see what is beneficial to people across the board it's it's typically not a closed network of salespeople that, you know, can can find a solution and promote it on late night TV and have the answer for all disease. That's usually not going to prove to be valid uh, to be valid with time. Well, thank you for dispelling the myth and <clears throat> looking at the time. It looks like it is seven fifty six, seven fifty seven. Yeah, I think I should get to work. <laughs> You've got patience. We don't want to keep you for people <laughs> yep. that need to be healthy, that's for sure. Very good. Well, have a great week, a very safe week. Going into Halloween, I want to just encourage people one more time, just be smart and safe. Don't overdo food. Don't overdo candy yes. specifically. Uh, there's no need to get just sick on Halloween candy. And, and also, just be smart and safe about uh, you know the whole realm of Halloween. Be be uh watching out for your family and be careful. Great advice. Oh, Great good. advice. Have a blessed week. Very good. Thank you. Goodbye. Well good right. good I'll intel. And I, and so JP so you've given a homeless person a burrito and God bless you. I know you're always giving food out. I've seen you I've been in the car with you when you've given a bag of fresh fruit to somebody in need. So God bless you my friend. Um you, did you really spill hot coffee in your lap? I did. That's not good. <laughs> we have, from how horrible our roads are, yes. I have absolutely torn up my struts and my uh, and my uh, shocks. And so this week, the car gets to go in and get a, a little bit of a shock makeover. It's from watching Coco Melon. Now that laugh's going to be in my head. (laughs) And you do. And each week you sound a little more (laughs) like Coco Melon, by the way. Yeah, I know. It's terrible. I can't believe it. Nonetheless, how exciting is sports right now? Wow-wee. It's been a great. Yeah, it's been a great. As, and again, I'm not watching all sports. I have got my personal protests going on. But um, yeah, lots to report. So what struck you as just, you know, off the charts this weekend? Well, my sadness. I've got a great deal of sadness. Uh, my Los Angeles Dodgers have been departed from the World Series this year. There will not be a repeat. Um, the, uh, the Atlanta Braves, and it goes to show you, that um, record doesn't necessarily matter. The Dodgers finished the regular season at 106 wins, just behind the Giants at 107. Of course, the Giants go down 
10 planes at the hand of the Dodgers. Then the Dodgers go into Atlanta, and it looked like Atlanta was going to get a sweep. The Dodgers fought back at, at home, uh, but Atlanta finally was able to put the nail in the coffin and send the Dodgers home. The Braves end the season with an 88-game uh, winning season, and they're in the World Series facing off against Coach Quigley's <laughs> and he's and he's cheering he's cheering right now i we can hear him cheering from new jersey he he's visiting family in new jersey right now and we can hear you coach all the way in texas <laughs> we can well i'll tell you what's going to be interesting it's going to be the scrappiness of the braves uh the braves are kind of one of those teams that they don't go away uh you're going to have to put them away very early very quick if you want to be able to make this series a Houston Astro World Series. Uh, if you're going to stick around at 2-1, to 1-1, one, one to one, then the Braves are, are, are pretty scrappy. The Astros are scrappy as well. Don't get me wrong. Get them in a close game and they'll blow you out towards the middle end, the middle, to the middle to the end innings in a game. But I don't know that the Astros will have the punch that's needed. I think the Braves are hungry. They haven't been in a World Series, if I'm not mistaken. I believe the word was 1999, which I got to go back and research that, but that doesn't seem right. But it could be. I mean, the days of Greg Maddox. So 20, 22 years? Really? Would that be 22 years ago? I mean, that is 22 years ago. I, you may be right, yeah. though. I mean, it could very well be. Where's, where's now, Chris, where's Chris O'Sullivan when we need him? He would He'd be able to tell you right. exactly. <laughs> he would. So, but I'm, I'm telling you, I just, I don't know. I've got a funny feeling. And Coach Quigley might be able to tell us on the feed. Of course, I can't look at the feed because I'm driving. Please do not. I do. will look for you. Yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I think since the Chipper Jones days and the Andrew Jones days, and I just don't know that the Braves have been back to the World Series. Now, again, the last couple of years in the playoffs, uh, because they've done a great job rebuilding and, and putting uh, – pieces in place to find success but uh, yeah i'm not sure about the the latter though so anyway big world series coming up between the atlanta braves and the houston astros go our texas team now here's what's interesting what's interesting is is that there are a lot of texas people especially in north texas that are not fans of the houston astros and will not root for them i know because of what they did two years ago and i mean people still are holding a grudge they're cheaters they cheated uh they don't deserve to be in this series well here's my thing not everybody that was on that team two years ago is on the houston astros team now and i don't want to hold accountable players that didn't do anything wrong and so you know what my slate's clean and I'm a go Astros guy. Yeah, and we so and we've got to dig. We've got to dig our series. Houston. We got to dig our Houston Astros ball caps out. I've got mine with the bling on it. You know what, Coach? For you, yes. And, and you know, here's the thing. This will be a great series. And Owen oh, Coach said that um, Officer Graham. You know, he's he's the liaison police officer um, at Academy High School in Plano ISD. He's a big old Braves fan. And JP, he went to Atlanta for games one, two, and six. How cool is that? So, again, you know, regardless, if you're a Rangers fan, and it is what it is. So, you know, you've got to appreciate the teams that are in the World Series, and and you've got to love the fans because, like you, and you're a diehard. I mean, you've reported, you know, you've done spring training and World Series, and you've, you know, been able to interview all kinds of folks. If you're a diehard baseball fan, you just have to appreciate whoever makes it to the World Series. Absolutely. And again, there's nothing that shows this Houston Astro team cheated. Not everybody on this team was on the team two years ago. Um, I will say this, that Dusty Baker not only was a class act as a player and a champion, but as a manager, he's done the same. And um, I appreciate the way he's handled the Houston Astros and the media. So again, I've got to go with the Astros. Um, I do think the Braves are scrappy. I think the Astros need to jump on them early and get a five or six run lead. Uh, and I think that'll shut them down. I don't think the Braves have it in them to come back from a large run deficit. So we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully the Astros pitching will hold true. Middle relievers are going to be the biggest uh, denominator, I think, for both teams. 
and uh, I, I think their closers are both strong. It's just going to come down to those middle innings. You know, one of the things that I started seeing in baseball is that people are starting to pull their starters at the fourth inning or at the end of the fourth inning. And uh, so that middle relief mm. is going to become extremely important for both teams as they go down the stretch in this seven-game series. So, but again, I'm an Astros guy, so. Go, go Strohs, is that right? Go Strohs? Yeah, that's right, <laughs> go Strohs. You know, and Strohs. What, what's interesting is, you know, you, you mentioned the Texas Rangers. You know, we celebrate runs with the Texas Rangers. And what I mean by that is, when they win two or three in a row, that's our World Series. So we're good. With it. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, we're we're happy we're happy when we get you know some wins in the win column. Uh, and again, you know, Rangers fan, we're, we're like Cowboys fans. We're we're just we're diehard. We're 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 in it obviously for the long haul. That's, that's right. <laughs> so, but uh, Globe Life Park is beautiful, and the Rangers have done a great job there for yes, sure. Yes, yes. Um, and an interesting cuisine next year, next baseball season, Kathy. I want to tackle the different areas of cuisine that the Texas Rangers now bring to the ballpark. I think it'll be, I think it'll shock you. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. We need, well, let's do a live remote. Let's get Carter and let's do a live remote from there. I think that'd be fun. Taking a picture with his Astros shirt, by the way. (laughs) And so coach had sent him an Astros get up. And so, and, and his wife made a beautiful blanket for Carter, by the way. Aww. And so, uh, but yeah, we'll be putting on the Astros jersey there, and uh, he'll be going Ghost Rose. So I'll have to take Facebook Live and send it out there. Love it. So everybody can see Carter supporting his first World Series. But um, yeah, so baseball is, is alive. Welcome to the month of October. Oh, it's yeah. time for the World Series. So very Good excited times. about that. Now, <clears throat> also welcome to October as the race. For the national championship in college football. Oh, I yes, 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 you. yes. You know, Georgia was off this week, uh, so not a lot going on there activity-wise. But let's start off with SMU. How about your Mustang? Of course, their biggest their biggest uh, game of the year will be Houston this weekend. Uh, look for SMU to face off against Houston. Uh, but SMU goes on to topple Tulane with no problem, hands them in, handles them in style. And so SMU remains undefeated, Kathy. I mean, this is this is like the ultimate Cinderella long-time comeback story. And so those of us who are old enough to remember them getting the, the ultimate slap on the wrist kind of a, a punishment, to see, to see this, you know, um, rebuilding of this team and to see where they are now – and like you said, they're—I mean—they're undefeated. Good for them. Go Mustangs. Yeah. Go ponies. Or go Mustangs. Go ponies. Is that a th- is that a thing? Yeah, it's, go, it's, yeah, it's, it's a thing. Go okay. ponies. Well, and you know, here's the good. Here's the cool thing. SMU will be in a bowl game again. And the more that you're in a bowl game and you're seen during that holiday stretch, the more that you're able to recruit. And so, so you know, you get some players like a Randy Moss. Who may have had the grades and went to a Division two school or a or a Division one school ranked 279. Next thing you know, your 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 program is back on the map. Right. And so a lot of really good players uh, went to schools that were look at. I mean, look at Tony Romo. Oh yeah. You know, Tony yep. Romo went to a smaller school, not a not a gigantic football school, and he yeah he didn't get us to a Super Bowl I think there's a lot more parts to that than just Tony Romo yes but really a great quarterback for the Cowboys and had several great seasons with the Cowboys and so, oh I mean you can't uh, deny JP you, know, you can't deny his numbers I mean his stats stand speak and stand for themselves it is it's almost you know I've, I've heard some sports fans argue that you know it's it's really kind of jarring that he didn't go to a Super Bowl that he didn't have a Super Bowl win with the numbers he put up right. so you know it is what it is on that so the game that'll haunt him of course the rest of his life is when he didn't wasn't able to put the ball down for the from the snap for the extra point uh, or the field goal I can't recall now which what it what which one it was in Seattle. Do you remember that game? Yeah, Steph, I'm trying to remember the, the. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I think that was that was one of those oh no moments. Like you're like, <gasps> and then you're like oh. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Try, I've got. I'm gonna have to look that, that one up. Yep. 
that may have been a field goal. And Coach Quigley may be able to help us out on that one. So, but anyways, back to college football. Um, so, again, SMU big win. So there's your local news on football. How about Oklahoma State? Boy, number eight Oklahoma State. Again, Texas had no heart. Had the game for three quarters. Fourth quarter comes, and it's like you just deflate the balloon called Texas. Oklahoma State now, they're on top of the world, and they're going to take on the, uh, the, the the national championship, by golly. Let's start that conversation, and then they lose to Iowa State. Unranked Iowa State. Yeah. The Cowboys go into Iowa State, and they can't take out the win. It's like, there you go. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Now we just need two more losses, and then Texas might be back in the conversation. Um, let's talk about Texas. Texas had the week off, of course, for talking about Texas, not because they're ranked, but because they're my favorite team. So, with that being said, uh, Texas had this week off. Uh, they will face Baylor. And, Kathy, I will tell you that right now all the pundits have Baylor winning that football game. Baylor has only one loss. They're 5-1. and one. And so it's going to be interesting as they take on the four and three Texas Longhorns. Um, I'm going to tell you, sadly, again, without any kind of heart in the fourth quarter, I'm taking Baylor. Wow. Yeah, because like I was going to have to, I, I was going to be um, live texting you while Michael was watching the game, uh, you know, this upcoming weekend. But wow. So you're, because, and Michael has said, he's like, I really think just the way Baylor's playing right now that they've got the edge. So you're even as the most ginormous UT fan besides my mom that I know, you're, you're, you're going with Baylor. I am. And wow. I'm going to tell you, I mean, I'm going to put on my shirt. I'm going to put on my hat. I'm going to get uh, the, my longhorn jumper out for Carter. He'll have his onesie on. That says, you know, Texas football on it. University of Texas. And Bevo's going to have his little hat with his little horns on it. Bevo being head. your little dog. Bevo's your little dog, the by the way. A little, a little chihuahua named Bevo. Yeah. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah. And so we're going to sit there and we're going to root for my team. It's not that I'm abandoning my team. But from a pick'em kind of standpoint, I think Baylor's got this game. Again, Texas just shows no heart in the fourth quarter. And I don't know if that's a reflection of coaching. I don't know what that is. But um, to see a team just completely come apart in the fourth quarter now on at least two occasions uh, and almost a third with TCU, it just blows me away. So, anyways, I take Baylor in that game. Uh, Texas A&M has not let down since their Alabama victory. Uh, Texas A&M does a fantastic job again this weekend. They put 44 points on the board. It's almost like their quarterback has found uh, his groove and and is not letting up. And so look for Texas A&M to continue to be a force throughout the end of their season. They need some key players to be able to step down and take some losses for them to be able to even be in the conversation. But I do believe that Texas Oh, we we get we got a little bit of a bad connection. It sounds like JP. It sounds like you're a robot. Top twenty. Okay. Oh, there you are. Wait, repeat because I I was into what you were saying. What what were you saying before I said you sound like a robot? (laughs) That A and M will stay ranked in the top twenty-five. They will finish out the season um, in the top twenty-five. You're going to lose my picture here for a minute. I want to go back to college football very quickly here. And while um, you're doing that, Fred North said it things, was Fred North said it was a field goal. He helped us out on the other. So, so thank you, Fred North. I thought it was. I couldn't recall yeah. it down. So thank um, you, Fred. Appalachian State had a thank you, Fred. Appalachian State had a huge, huge week. They beat Coastal Carolina. Uh, Coastal Carolina. Remember, Kathy, I've been talking about them a oh, lot. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, and that they were fighting their way into the rankings, and that they were wanting to be a part of the national conversation, not anymore. Appalachian State says, how about 30 to 27? Y'all just go ahead and sit down now. And so, yeah, that game, over. Um, Navy and Cincinnati. I'm going to come back. Yeah, I'm going to come back to Alabama. Number two, Cincinnati handles Navy, but not in a fashion you expect from a number two team. Uh, Cincinnati wins 27 to 20. Navy held on strong throughout the game. And that could have gone either way. But Cincinnati, the Bearcats, hold on to the number two spot. Oklahoma took on Kansas. Now, I'm watching this in the fourth quarter. 
and I'm watching Kansas dismantle the Sooners. And then out of nowhere, the score goes 35-23 Oklahoma. So number three, Oklahoma continues their war in getting into the national championship. Number four, Alabama beats Tennessee 52-24. Number five, Ohio State dismantles Indiana 54-7. Number six, Michigan continues the Big Ten's place in in the national championship conversation. They beat Northwestern 33-7. Here's another big shocker, Penn State. Number seven, Penn State. You remember they lost to Iowa, Kathy? Right, right. And, of course, Iowa took that hit, and they lost the next week. Uh, Penn State loses to the unranked Fighting Illini uh, of, of Illinois 20-18 to in nine overtimes. And wasn't this like – isn't this like the the longest football game in history? It is. I mean, that, is. that's insane. Record. Yeah, nine yeah. overtimes. I mean, the insanity was real. Wow. Nine wow. overtimes. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, Penn State should have won that game outright by 30 points. And so, again, it just shows you that the Big Ten slipping out of the national conversation. Oklahoma State, again, loses to Iowa State 24-21. Number 10, Oregon, just slips by UCLA uh, 34-31. You know, I, I call them the Pac-10. I think they're the Pac-14 now or something like that. But, um, again, it, just nothing coming out of the West Coast football-wise that says you have a conversation at the table for the national championship. But Oregon goes on to win 34-31. Ole Miss beats LSU. LSU all over the board this year. Uh, number They stay number 12. They win 31-17. And, Kathy, here you go. Notre Dame. Jesus' team. <laughs> But I better say, you know what, <laughs> next weekend, my husband, who's big old Sikkim Bears alum, if I don't say they're Jesus's team next week weekend, I think I better come over and watch the game with you and Carter. <laughs> well, you are welcome to come. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I'll bring, I'll bring the queso. <laughs> <laughs> number 13, Notre Dame beats USC uh, at home, 31-16. Now, this was the game of the ages. Number 16, Wake Forest. I swear this is a, a basketball score. Wake Forest wins 70-56 to 56 over Army. Wow. Yeah, that's a basketball I was going to say, wait, to I was going to say, is, was this a preseason basketball game? Literally, that's what I was thinking when you said that's a basketball score. Yeah. I mean, 126 combined points. Did anybody bring their defense? Yeah, well, and again, Uh, what wins games, JP? Oh, it's defense. That's what I've always told. Amen. That's for sure. Yeah. Boy, nobody. it was the offense in that game. All right, South Carolina drops to Texas A&M at 44-14. I do anticipate that Texas A&M will move up in the standings after that win. NC State loses to Miami 31-30. No shock there. Uh, number 22, San Diego State beats Air Force 20 to 14. Number 23, Pitt beats Clemson. Clemson has definitely slid down the pipe there. They are no longer even in the conversation this year. Uh, 27 17, UT San Antonio. Number 24, they beat Louisiana Tech 45 16. And to close out your number 20, your 20, top 25, Purdue loses after they had a big win last week, but they lose to Wisconsin. 30 to 13 and that closes out our top 25 uh games of last week so but big games coming up this week no doubt about it houston's going to be a big game yes uh, as they take on smu both both of them are uh, undefeated of course they are in the same conference as cincinnati and so again it's going to be very interesting to see how all of that unfolds lake forest remains undefeated Pitt remains undefeated OU remains undefeated at 5-0. and Of course, Texas has to have Iowa State, Baylor, and Oklahoma State lose multiple games for them to get into the Big 12 championship. Not likely to happen. Uh, and then Michigan and Michigan State and Ohio State are the only ones left unranked in the Big Ten Conference and Conference USA. Nobody's unbeaten there. And then UT San Antonio in the West, they are 4-0. and And guess what's right behind them? The University of Texas, El Paso. So two Texas schools in Conference USA out of the West, both undefeated. So that's our college football roundup. 
there you go. Good times. Good times. Great report. Hey, thanks. College football. Woo-hoo. Well, and you were very honest. Yeah, very I'm, I'm impressed, JP. You were very honest about Baylor and UT next weekend because I know it's yeah, going to be it's going to be a fun game. I mean, it, here's the thing. It, it's it, it'll be a fun game. It'll be good. Um, wish, gosh, I wish wish we could go. Boy, I tell you, that's yeah, that's you know that game is sold out. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, but but yeah, it's gonna be a great football game. Again, I the Longhorns you watch, the Longhorns will lead for three quarters. Baylor will come back and win the football game in the fourth quarter. So can't wait, can't wait to hear hear what happens a week from today. Yeah. <laughs> of course, uh, I am not driving. That's why you can see me. Yes. That I have made my destination. <laughs> I just want everybody to know that. I want to think that. He's still driving down the highway. Now he's looking at the camera. <laughs> no, no, you are no, safe no. in a parking lot. <laughs> I am indeed. Uh, you know, speaking of safe in a parking lot, um, I am going to talk about the NFL for just a moment, Kathy. Okay. Um, and we're going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys because at this point you can't ignore them. Uh, they have started to make a run for at least a playoff spot and have done pretty darn good for themselves. They had this week off. You know, Dak Prescott uh, was injured. He had like a deep, what was it, a deep muscle tissue bruise or so, Yeah, it's like, yes, yeah, so I think that sounds right. So it sounds painful. It sounds painful. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so the Dallas Cowboys had the week off. They had the bye week. And so they get to rest and get everybody healthy again. You know, Kathy, defense has been their thing this year. Uh, and, again, their defense is what's winning football games because their defense is actually putting points on the board. And so I think there's a good run here, Kathy. I know you've broke out your Dallas Cowboys gear, right? Oh, you know me. I'm ready for I'm ready for the game. I'm ready for the game. I, I missed them this weekend. You know, because I, I just – I'm so upset with the NFL for so many reasons. But that diehard cowboy fan in me um, just never goes away. You know, we were we went uh, took my mom by St. Paul's Catholic Church where um, when we grew up, that's the church that we went to. And back in the day, when my brother and I were still in elementary school, Roger Staubach went to that um, went to that church, and so did his family. And so it was so funny, even driving up into the church parking lot. The first thing my mom and I start talking about was. Roger Staubach going to that church, you know. Um, so I, I've I've been a fan since the seventies, you know. Nope, I hear you. Well, the Cowboys are were off this last week, and so again they get two weeks to be able to rest up, and that's good for Dak Prescott. Yes, uh, tonight's Monday night game: the Saints and the Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks very disappointing at this point this year. They are two and four. Uh, the Saints are about at the same that they've always been. You gotta love people who spam you. I just got spam called. <laughs> Anyways, um, the Saints are three and two. No surprise there. The Broncos and the Browns faced off this last weekend. The Broncos uh, losing that football game to the Browns. Browns are now four and three. Uh, no shock between the Giants and the Panthers. Both pretty hapless. Uh, the Giants do win twenty-five to three. Uh, the Jets one and five. They're hapless as well. The Patriots, they're three and four. They win that football game, 54-13. Here has got to be the shock. And, Michelle, you know I'm getting ready to talk about your team because (laughs) I'm in shock. Um, Boy, the Tennessee Titans never let up on the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Titans just absolutely sucked the air out of their stadium. Uh, They win the game 27-3. They really never looked back after the first half. Um, the Titans are five and two. The Chiefs go to three and four, and so I'm hoping that they'll make a comeback. You know, they've got their quarterback out there who's a Texan, and we definitely don't want Patrick Mahomes to look bad. But goodness gracious, I'll tell you, the Chiefs' defense need to tighten up, and wide receivers need to run a little bit better routes. But yeah, Kathy, the Chiefs and poor Patrick Mahomes, they drop another one. Yeah, and and we know we love you, Michelle. Just let the record show. We love you, Michelle. Oh, and it looks like uh, Michelle and Gail and Fred, a whole a whole bunch of folks from the crew, um, went to a fun co- uh, country western concert this weekend. Looks like they had a great time. They did. They went to something fest, country fest. Some, I think. some kind of fun thing. Twenty one there. Yeah. <laughs> Look, it looked like a good time. It looked like a good time. It does. 
Uh, Green Bay Packers take care of the Washington. Uh, they're six and one. The Packers are. And then uh, the next game of note, which was really good, was the Bengals and the Ravens. Uh, the Bengals just go nuts. Joe Burrows loses his mind, and they win 41-17. to 17. Of course, the poor Detroit Lions, they can't win a game if they try to buy one. They are 0-7. Uh, the Rams are 6-1. and They win that game 28-19. And then the, the, uh, the Raiders, who have had some troubles with Coach Gruden, who's moved on, uh, they win 33-22 over the Eagles. You know, and again, Kathy, the Dallas Cowboys, I think they've already won the NFC, for gosh sakes, because uh, I don't know anybody that's even going to get close. I think the Eagles are two and five. The Giants yeah, are two and I, five. I don't, I don't see anybody catching up. I, I, at this point, I just don't. So, yeah. I don't either. Now, I'll tell you who's the team that's on the surprise run right now is the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals are seven and zero. Oh. They went against the Texans thirty-one to five. Of course, we talk about them because of their quarterback being from Allen Independent School District. And Absolutely. State championships you got here. it. Yep. And, you know, in fact, I'm sitting in front of Allen IFC today. That's where I'm working today. Love it. In three minutes. And so uh, just to round out very quickly, the Buccaneers going to win. Tom Brady's still on a tear. 49ers, they lose to the Colts. Embarrassing out in the West. And that's your NFL roundup for J.P., Kathy, and the crew. And with that, Kathy, it is 8.30 already. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, real quick shout out to the Jonas Brothers. Saw them in concert. JP, you know, I, I was texting Emily and I. Emily and I were texting you before we went to the concert. I, those those kids put on a great show. You know, they started their big career and their big uh, kickoff tour 12 years ago. And they just keep getting better and better. So uh, just hats off and great show to the Jonas Brothers. Local there local kids right, made it big. Well, have a good day, and Alan ISD. Have a good day. Truancy kids. Now and make some trouble. All right. Well, we love y'all. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you um, next on Heart and Soul of Texas Women. And uh, big week uh, for JP, Kathy, and the crew, and all of our other shows on the JPK Broadcasting Network. Love you, JP. Love you to the crew. Have a blessed week. Love y'all. Take care. Have a blessed week.